Hey fellow tennis nerds, I hope all is well. Today we have a guest who is returning to the podcast, very well beloved episode. He was on Carousel from My Tennis HQ. He's been winning more tournaments. He's been <laughs> touring with Marcus Giron and he's also done some collaboration with Felix from Tennis Brothers. So there's lots to talk about and he even played tennis with Roger Federer or table tennis. Sorry, that was table close. Table tennis. <laughs> that was close, but that's good enough. That's good enough. Whatever you do with Roger Federer, drinking wine, playing table tennis, whatever, it's awesome. Uh, how are you, man? I'm good, man. How are you? Thanks for having me. It's always a good, good time talking to you. Yeah, yeah, no, and that was pretty sick. Like you, you going to um, to U.S. Open? There's an on mm -hmm. event. Uh, were you there as like an influencer, hitting partner? What What was your uh, role there in the event? Influencer, just kind of randomly got an email a few weeks ago like hey would you want to come to the event um we're gonna have they didn't say anything about roger they just um said like ben and eager are gonna do something like it's kind of like a the goal of the event was which was really cool was to sort of like it was like a, this big park in in brooklyn that you know there's a lot of people play tennis and they're like let's give them sort of like a pro treatment ball kids and chair umpire and stuff like that and have them like kind of have that that the same feeling that as a pro um, so it was a, it was a really cool event. So, you know, went out there, um, to kind of just film, uh, that, that's what they asked, like, you know, make a vlog though. It doesn't, you know, there's no real, um, guidelines. Just have, have a good time, you know, show, show the event, showcase the event. They gave us some, some gear and stuff. And then, yeah. And then we had, you know, uh, I don't know if you know, Dylan from Dill Place, Dill yep. Place. He has a channel. He was there. Noah Rubin was there. Um, so we played some tennis, uh, you know, had some of the, the, kind of amateurs that were there, like join us, play some doubles. And then Iga and Ben showed up and, and, and kind of, uh, play, you know, do the, you know, play with the people kind of do like a, like a king of the court kind of situation. And, and Dylan and I played like a pretty fun, pretty fun point against them. Roger was there and, and, you know, it was, it was a really cool, cool event. And then at the, at the end of the night, like we, they, they had a space at a bar and table tennis and up like just like playing some ping pong with him. Like he's a, such a good dude. Like just always like, you know, takes the time to take pictures, talk to people, blah, blah, blah. He's a, you know, Roger has a pool. At the moment he walked in, everyone was like, everyone stopped playing tennis. It was a, it was a, it was a really funny thing. Um, cause again, we didn't really know he was coming. So, um, like really, really fun event. Like on really did a, did a good job with that. Yeah, they seem to be on their game, right? Like that's uh, really what I've what I've seen in recent times, you know. And also now they're bringing out the shoes for Iga before she played with the A6 and so on. And you know, having Roger active, I think it's great for tennis, great for their brand, of course. He's a you know co-owner of the of the company, as far as I know, or a big investor. But also that he's there. He's he's you know like Pete Sampras. Although we we will love Pete, right? He kind of didn't want to go into tennis, and here we have Roger. He's he's kind of everywhere. He's like he loves going on a plane, brings the family comes with a smile, just enjoys the banter, you know, just an easygoing guy, easy to talk to. Yeah. Um, just awesome for tennis, I think. Yeah, he just like, he, he likes it. He like I mean, I think part of the reason he was so successful is because he, I think, loved the tour, loved traveling, loved like meeting new people. Like, I think he loves the game of being a businessman and figuring it out. Like, you know, it's not necessarily, I don't think about the money anymore, but like, can he make like cool stuff? He's just like a cool guy and can, can he keep that going and, and, and yeah, he's just so easygoing and, and yeah, Pete, you know, I've, I've hit with Pete here and Pete just like, I mean, he, he couldn't be more isolated from tennis, which again, it's, I, I don't mind. I think I would be more that way than, than Roger. I think I would want to be doing like that much stuff, but he just loves it. And so it's good for us to, to keep seeing him. He looks good. I mean, he looks, I mean, he looks like 
you know, fresh, you know, like, no, hasn't, hasn't put any pounds or anything. So he's, uh, he's chilling. Yeah, it's good. Michael Jordan of tennis, like the great ambassador yeah. of tennis, I think. Uh, that's how the way we see it. He might not have the most uh, numbers to his name, but that doesn't matter because he's like such an icon in the game, you know, and nice yeah. to see him around for sure. Uh, yeah, so that must have been cool. Sometimes when I go to these, uh, I've been to a few of these types of events, I feel like the players, some of them are just, you know, they're f happy to be there. Some, some are really more like introspective and they don't really like to, to be at these events. They, and also it kind of disrupts their rhythm of, play like they have matches they have practice they have all the stuff to think about and now they have also x number of commitments photo shoots uh, you know pictures being taken meeting fans and so on did you sense that from like ben or ega or something like that it was like okay you know i want to get out of here and start going to practice um no i mean i think Iga obviously she she seems like she's like a little bit more shy um introverted than, than other people but she was there she had she had a good time um I think it's always like one of one of those when you put them to like maybe speak to a crowd and stuff like that they might might get a little little nervous but um I think she she Ben obviously I mean he always has a smile on his face has a good time like he, he he's really he really is like a guy that I think um you know if he continues to have some good results and even bigger results I think people are really going to be drawn to him um Iga is just she's just she's just a little more introverted but in a way like she's she comes off very honest and very very cool you know it's like so um I do think for certain players it's just a difficult thing to do like the, the all the commitments and stuff and and I don't know exactly how how it is but I I think it's just kind of part of the game so you know if you're signing big big you know sponsorship deals and you have to do certain things like that it's just just the nature of the sport and for for those people that were there they're gonna remember forever you know like that one rally that they they had against them you know like the little doubles rally that they played against them they're gonna be like whoa i just i played some tennis versus ego versus ben so um it's definitely um i agree I've, I've i've done a few of those some people seem like excited about it some people i just think sometimes it depends on what the brand does you know what i mean like if if it's kind of uh, i'm sorry brands but sometimes you do stupid stuff you know, like stuff that like, it's just like, what are you really doing here? You, you know, I mean, this was like, people were playing tennis, it was outside, like everyone's having a good time, they got some product. Like, it's just a simple thing that that it's easy to, to I think, integrate the athletes in. But you know, if you take them to like an art show, and they're having to talk about like, it's just, I've seen some stuff that I'm like, what are you, what are you even thinking here? Like, that's just not gonna do any good for your the business you know if i'm a racket brand i want people just touching the racket and playing with it and then playing with novak or something i don't know i feel like that's how it go by it so i think it really depends on the on the what the brand does too on how the players react yeah i think it's pretty logical really because if you know tennis players then they like to play and be active and out and about right so they want to have mm -hmm. a racket in their hand even if it's like some kind of artsy farts it's a table tennis racket mm -hmm. it's it's just like a big exhibition they play with big rackets uh, tiny rackets mm -hmm. whatever but if you put them like in as, as a speaker in front of a crowd like there's guys that federer and novak they can do really well but most of them are pretty shy maybe not really used to that but if you like make them relaxed in the terms of setting kind of setting that they're used to i mean it makes more sense but sometimes they do this weird stuff and also for people watching or people interacting there's you know, if you're just listening to people, it's not fun, right? So you, you want to mm -hmm. interact with them, even if it's just like saying hi or or just hitting a few 
shots you know that's yeah. it's easy you know it's it's pretty easy i think but sometimes i think they overthink the brands want to come up with oh let's do this and it's going to be really cool and it like follows our brand and they overthink what they actually need to do to to make it a success i agree, I agree. they like there's like a lot of overthinking about it where it's like if you're not you know if you're an athletic wear brand you know with the tennis clothes or tennis shoes or if you're a racket brand or something like that, it's like it's very simple just keep it Keep it simple with that. Like, make a really cool court or something like that. Like a court that has, like, I don't know. Like, create, come up with something. But yeah, give a racket to them and give people a racket, and and it, they will remember it. You know, like just like maybe them showing up and talking doesn't really do anything. So, but they seem pretty excited, and everyone's like, you know, Rogers obviously I think really excited about having both of them. Um, you know, part of on and and the CEO of on was there. It was like the whole thing was actually really cool. Yeah, sounds great. Uh, and Ben Shelton is kind of like Alcaraz of the States, right? Like a little bit, like his playing style, quite explosive, good movement, good physique. Uh, is that how you would call it? Like he's pretty good talent for the, I mean, you have so many players now. It's insane in the States, right? Yeah, America is like, it's a, it's a tricky thing, right? Like you have like, I think so many, so many players now doing well between Tommy and Taylor and, and, and Francis, like who one of them typically does well. Um, and and Ben Ben is a little bit behind that. I still think after that Australian Open run, he struggled a little bit um, with some of the results and still kind of figure out the playing style because he's he's such a big explosive guy. Like it, it, he's kind of like Carlos, but not really. I mean, he can. It's almost like it's almost like it's more power, right? It's more like I think Carlos has a bit more of like that feather kind of even, if, but th that kind of swagger and finesse where where Ben can just. Even the racket on his hand, like, kind of looks a little small, you know? Um, but I think, like, as he kind of, like, I think he's starting to play a little more aggressive, come in a lot and with his serve, and and he's always has a smile on his face. I think that's the main thing, like, that you can compare with Carlos, right? Like, him, him, and, him and Carlos just kind of, like, play with, like, almost like a childlike joy. Um, and and so, like, he, he just, like, draws a crowd. I mean, he won yesterday. I was watching, everyone was, like, you know, having a good time. He was playing Pedro and it wasn't like necessarily the best match I think he's played, but all of a sudden he caught fire and he was hitting winners everywhere. I was like, Jesus Christ, like, you know, how do you weather this? And he can get to the net so, so quickly. He's so, he's really big. He's a big guy, not necessarily just tall, but he's wide, you know, he's just a wide dude. Um, so I think, uh, you know, if he can slowly but surely like put it together, like, you know, what's the game style, like a little bit, he still feels like he's a bit all over the place um, with, in terms of, I wouldn't say tactically, but like shot selection, things like that. He can be a little, little all over the place. But once he puts that together, I think, I think he, if he does make some big runs, he can, he can be a really popular player here in, here in America. Um, obviously right now he's, he's young, he's the new thing. And, um, but he puts together a few runs. I think he'll be, he'll be really popular. Yeah. And he's uh, exciting. And I, I really agree with the, the smile. That's kind of where I, I found the most like, I mean, he's a muscly guy, like he's a strong guy, but he, that, I think that having that positive energy on the court resonates so well with the crowd. Like you see that with Francis and a certain players, like that, that it's, it's so much easier to interact with them than others. I mean, mm -hmm. it's something, it, it's so close to the personality, you can't really fake it because then it looks like inauthentic, right? But uh, I think in his case, it's, it's just, he's enjoying himself on the court and that, that wins, you know, usually. Yeah, right? there's, a, there's a few guys who I think are, are like that. It can be like, you know, I, I know, like, even for myself, like, when I played, I, I, you know, for me to find a zone wasn't necessarily, like, be, like, act, like crazy focused on, on the court. Like, you know, I'm playing college, I'm watching, 
in between points, I'm watching like a point of my, you know, my teammate and he wins the point. I'm like, yes. And that's firing me up and I'm playing or like I hit a good shot and I'm like, there's, a, there's something that sometimes like, again, like I, I feel the childlike feeling when I hit a shot that is like, that was a, I know that was a difficult shot. And I look at someone, I was like, you saw that, right? That was difficult. Um, then, so I, I always like, like to interact with like crowds and stuff. Cause I, I find that entertaining. It takes maybe, maybe that just the tension out of it a little bit. Um, but for some people that doesn't work, you know, I think for Ben and Carlos and, and even like Nick, when he's like having a good time, he, he interacts with the crowd. And I think people like that. Uh, Francis is, you know, you know, he hits shots that he's like, Whoa, like that was, do you see that? Like that was, that was, that was tough. Um, so I, I enjoy players that do that, that they understand that what they just did is, is hard. You know, it's hard. Like we can do it a lot of times, but it's hard. And, and, and I'm also impressed that I did it like myself. It's like, it's like the Steph, right? Steph, when he like, you know, in, in his warm ups, he's doing like the crazy boom shots or from the stands or stuff like that. He's just having a good time. Uh, and people like it just kind of enjoy it. When they see someone enjoying what they're doing, I think it's always a draw. So um, obviously, I think Roger, Rafa, Novak were never really like that, but um, they, you know, they were just too good. So there was no way, no way, no way around it, really. Yeah, I think it's it's yeah it maybe change if you have huge success quickly maybe you you have to adjust but in Carlos it comes naturally so even if he's very successful mm -hmm. he often looks kind of like a kid at the crowd like mm -hmm. oh you, you saw that like I hit like a two hundred mile per hour winner and down down the line like well, who thought I'd do that <laughs> you know, yeah. so. he looks at he looks at the one Carlos and he's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's hilarious so you know I I think there's there's something so pure about what he does that way um that you know i think ben has it and, and and you know francis has it like i used to francis is like an interesting case for me because francis is a guy that i i don't like his strokes you know like forehand and serve like they, they're they're like weird looking and 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 almost like so unconventional they're like whoa but now more and more that i've been around like sort of you know i've seen him smack marcos a couple times which is it, he just kind of like i think has like a good read of marcos's game is always tough it's always tough you know playing him and in general like i just kind of get it now i get like i mean he's very unconventional but he's gotten a lot better and you know that that forehand side has gotten a little more compact he takes the ball really early he likes to like do weird stuff you know second serve like little bunts come in put a volley away he has great hands so like i i now like kind of like actually enjoy watching him play because he's so like, he's such a good reader of the game. I think Francis that, that is actually exciting watching him play guys might be bombing the ball, but he's able to like redirect it and like play like slow and fast. And he controls the tempo of the match in a, in a very like, it, I think it just comes natural to him, but it's very like very high level, high tennis IQ, you know? And, and so now that I, I really enjoy like just his his style, even though like aesthetically might not look as 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 good. Um, it's a it's a really good game. So um, yeah, I think guys like that that you know they're naturally gonna draw in eyeballs, you know. Versus you know, there's guys who are you know there's various of the world. I think they're unbelievable tennis player, but they're they're not really that exciting to watch. You know, it's like. I think a comparison I'd have, like, I can, I respect the shit out of, like, a guy like Ferrer, you know, but, like, I was never a guy that I wanted to, like, really stop and watch, you know, it's, it's like a, it, it's like a, it's tough, it's tough because, like, there, there are great players that sort of, like, you know, fall through the cracks a little bit because people don't really find that exciting to watch, but it's just kind of the nature of the, the, the sport.
Yeah, I think it's nature of, of most sport. Like it's like you you mm -hmm. have your favorites for whatever reason, close to your style, just like their energy, don't yeah. like their energy, what what not, you know. But but like the same with with Ferrer, for example. Like you, you cannot not respect his work ethic. You know his his tennis strategy is pretty good. Like never no unforced errors hardly sometimes. You know. It's, but it, it's not going to make you so excited to watch tennis. Like, yeah. it's just how it is. There, there's no way around it. Yeah. If you have exactly his style, maybe you are like super inspired to, you know, kind of emulate the way he, he kind of cuts down the errors and, and just keeps the guy under pressure. But, uh, but to kind of sell tickets and, and, and TV streams, no, maybe not the most yeah, exciting. It's, tough. It's, it's a really tough thing. It's a really tough part of the sport. And there's no way around it, right? We're not going to tell him. Ferrer to be more flashy. He's like, no, I, I want to win. You know, it's like Casper. Casper wins, you know, like he wins Matt when he's like in form, he wins matches and might not be the most exciting thing, but he, he does his meat and potatoes really well. If you do your meat and potatoes really well, you, you're going to win a lot of matches. And there's just some guys that their meat and potatoes is a bit more out there, you know, and, and that's just kind of the way it is. So, um, but yeah, this is, I mean, there's a lot of good players doing, you know, good stuff, but you, you need the mix of both. So, can't just be, have everyone just kind of playing like a clown out there too. <laughs> no, no, I think that maybe you take away some of the lure of it. Like you need the kind of contrast, even if like I don't, I find mm -hmm. it pretty, pretty dull to watch. But like, uh, you know, if you put in a Francis against him or someone else, that creates a contrast of style that makes it more mm -hmm. engaging. Maybe if you have Francis and like Monfils, maybe it's it's too clowny, right? Like it might too be clowny, like, hey, exactly. they, you know, they're gonna do like one point where they just hit tweeners, right? It's like yeah, exactly. No, I, I exactly that. Like that contrast is really interesting. A guy who just kind of, you know, Zverev, Rublev, guys like that, and then you have Francis just doing weird stuff and coming in and playing like a funky game, and it's, that's that's what makes it fun. That's why Roger and Rafa was always the fun. The fun, even like Roger, like Rafa and Novak have had so many good matches, like long, good matches, but I did find them repetitive at some point when it was just them playing. It was like always the same point. It was always the same point. They kind of played the same point over and over and over and over and over. Um, and it was just a bit like dull. I was like, ah, okay, I, I kind of get what's going to happen. You know, like Rafa is going to try to play to the back and Novak became so good at hitting that back and down the line or just blazing cross and it was just kind of like the same pattern over and over <laughs> and whoever was kind of like ready to die more that day would win and that was kind of what it was which was great but you know after like too many of them i was like yeah, we need something different here yeah the interesting part about that like i i agree what you're you're saying like is that you understand the athleticism needed like the amazing skill and talent and and physique you just need to kind of grind out five hour five set match right like they, they could play endless rallies like you know 40 shots 50 shots i don't know you know mm -hmm. if you look at the history of their like 40 matches or whatever they played on the atp tour but like you say like they are so consistent and so kind of baseline driven that you, you're going to have repetition of points and watching it for four to five hours I mean, obviously, if you're a huge tennis fan, it's it's a treat for some. But even for me, who is a, a proper tennis nerd, it can't get too too long, right? And then, like, you, you'd mm -hmm. rather see a shorter format or something where where you try to mix it up or you want to see, like, a kind of a, at least a clash of contrasting styles, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, when Roger sort of kind of had that little resurgence there at the end, um, 2017, I mean, I thought I, that was my favorite Roger of all time. Like, just taking everything early, the backing on the rise and just like kind of playing like a menace out there. And, and, and it's so hard to do. And I think people like just because he makes it look so easy. People don't really understand how hard it is to play that aggressive, that consistently, like just win tournaments playing that aggressive. 
you see dudes like on tour who play that aggressive and they win a 500 a year, but they also like lose, you know, 13 first rounds in the year, you know, and, and Roger like just playing like an absolute lunatic, taking balls on the rise and coming in and doing crazy stuff. And, and, you know, even the best defenders in the world are just kind of like struggling with it. So, um, yeah, it's, a, it's a, we kind of need that, but we have that. So, you know, it's just kind of the way it is. It just need, and unfortunately Nick like hasn't been like healthy and stuff, but there's a good amount of dudes doing that. And, and still though, the dominated, the top 10 dominated by guys kind of doing, doing the boring stuff very well <laughs> at the end of the day. So it, it, that's kind of still the formula to, to win more, I'd say, but um, you know, it's what we want versus, as fans versus what they want as players. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the defensive game is going to have more success on the statistic level, like any kind of statistician, statistician you talk to, then there are obviously guys who be like, Oh, you know, a tennis point shouldn't be more than four shots because you have to like, if you look at the statistics, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but it, it's hard to see it like that when you're seeing that the unforced errors draw, like that paints the picture of the match, right? That is really like yeah. what, what wins for the guy who makes the least of them, right? Generally speaking. Yeah. I mean, it's like the thing, like uh, obviously O'Shaughnessy is about that. And I'm like, yeah, it, it's going to work. But, you know, one time that Dustin Brown is like crazy high and he wasn't going to win from the back anyways. And he does it and he wins it. But like in general, that's going to happen one out of 20 times in, in just it's just the reality of it like very few people can sustain that level of aggression for you know Novak if he's playing a highly aggressive dude on a best of five sets I mean you have to be on like Stan Wawrinka to beat him otherwise you're just not going to and and that's that's just kind of the nature of it and and you know obviously you know from a, if you have a big serve and you're winning some free points and, and then you're playing a little bit more of that style it might work but but it's tough. I think the guy who, you know, someone that can blend both, both styles a little bit higher, like in a, in a higher level, um, you know, really high level serving and, and volume and stuff like that, but also really high level baselining. Um, it's going to be sort of like, I think someone that can really dominate tennis, um, you know, obviously aside from Carlos, I think Carlos does a good job actually already coming in and, and doing all that and staying a little bit more, um, less predictable, but, um, but in general, yeah, like someone that, you know, can be like the Neil, you know, 6'6", six, six, serve unbelievably well, but also like, you know, come in and do all that stuff, but then do the, the Neil thing and, and, and grind and all that. So that that's going to be an interesting, like, who's going to kind of like find that? It's going to be an interesting thing. Yeah, for sure. So um, US Open, you have uh, your player, Marcos, there. Uh, who's his first round opponent? Uh, he lost yesterday, actually, ah, to okay. Fokina. Yeah, he played. I think early yesterday, Fakina has been playing well. Just, just kind of, it's a, kind of a tough matchup, um, to be honest. Like, and when Fakina is on, I think he's like one of the best players in the world. So, you know, if if you if you can't keep it close, if you allow him to be a front runner, uh, it's tough. And and I, I I I was actually like coaching yesterday during the the match, but I, I watched some of the first set and. Um, he got an early break and it's just tough. The guy just like, once he's up, he's tough. I, you know, when he's, when it's closed, we've, we've seen him do some mental st stupid stuff, but if you allow him to just like front run, I mean, he'd just be like, I think he'd be JJ like six Oh six two or something like that. I mean, if he's on like that, it's tough. So unfortunately kind of like a tough first round, but, um, it is what it is just part of the game. Yeah, winning a match in a Grand Slam or ATP thousand, whatever, it's like so hard. Like the, yeah. the draw is always stacked, so there's there's always gonna be a dangerous guy. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, Fokina, when like you said, he's he's a little bit of like a you know 
he needs to be informed. But if he's informed, he's so dangerous for even Novak or mm -hmm. whoever, you know, that that he, it's kind of hard to read him. Like it's a little bit looks like it's emotional. I mean, he's from here, from Malaga, so I've seen him practice here. But it's like he's if he's in the zone, feeling it, enjoying it, he's so dangerous. He's so dynamic with the footwork, and yeah, great player. Yeah, he takes the ball early. I think. I mean, I actually, I truly enjoy playing, watching him play tennis. I think he's like so good. Like he's 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 also like a very strong guy. Like he's just a wide dude, um, and he just like swings that racket so easily that um, yeah. I mean, he he's a tough out. So yeah, if he's on, if he's in form, um, watch out. It's just like once he can get his like head together, I can see him being like easily a top ten player. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, uh, who do you have now, like in uh, in the draw? What do you think? Uh, who do you think will win? And uh, do you have any like dark horse uh, predictions for the US um, Open? Not really dark horses, to be honest. I I find it hard to to believe that it's not going to be maybe a Carlos Novak final. Um, it, it's a weird thing because Novak, like for all the slams that he's won, he's only won three US Opens. Um, and he's lost a lot of finals at the Open and stuff. So I, I, I don't know like who's really like in that much form to take them out aside from maybe like the usual suspects. Like you know, I think Danilo can maybe let. He's not gonna have like that much you know coverage on him, and he might just like sneak his way there. Um, I think he like obviously enjoys playing there. And but aside from that. <laughs> I don't really have any any dark horses. I think I think we're just kind of going to see a pretty maybe like one or two like make some runs to quarters or semis. But I think in terms of winning and things, going to be the usual guys. Yeah, I I agree. Well, you? that was my prediction at least. But then uh, yeah. I had also Holger Rune maybe doing better than he did, but he went out to Calvaya, <laughs> which was a shock yeah, to me. Really, weird. that yeah. was weird. Yeah. I mean, he's a steady guy, but like beating uh, a Rune on on a hard court, like seated four, I was I was surprised. Yeah, Rune he's been a little off right now, and like, I think mentally, just been a little off, to be honest. Yeah, that, that happens. Like tennis is like that, right? And uh, we yeah. talking about being mentally off. Like we had also, uh, I don't know if you saw that, but but team he beat Bublik, and Bublik is a funny guy to watch. Like he's he had plays mm -hmm. like you know like curious, but from Kazakhstan, I usually call him right. But mm -hmm. he said like. Uh, you know, I always help these disabled players. Uh, <laughs> I, saw <that. laughs> I saw that. I was like, this guy. Oh, man. Yeah, he's Russian, is, but, you know, you know, that's easily translated for people who are Russian. Oh, that's easy. There's so many Russian people that are going to get that. That's so funny, man. Like that. I mean, he is also, he's just, you just never know what you're going to get from him. I feel like right there in Wimbledon, he, he was playing so well. I was like, this guy can make like, finals if he just swings out like that that freely but you know at some point he just loses it mentally and just i guess it's just part of his his thing now you know there's no like oh like if he can put together it's like not really like he, that's just who he is and it is what it is but but yeah there's some good stuff going on i don't know exactly really who you know obviously tt i think actually had a pretty good win against Milo's first round but yeah i don't know i, I just don't really see um, I mean, I like to see maybe like one of these American guys do do, do some damage and see because it's always good for the sport when an American guy has a run like Francis yesterday. So, oh, last year. So um, let's hope something like that happens. Yeah, let's, let's hope so. So your own tennis then, like you're you're doing coaching, but you're also playing still like some UTRs. You had like a great run last time we we talked. We won like four in a row or something, mm -hmm. and you recently won another one, right? Yeah, so I did. with I your did tennis a couple weeks ago. 
Yeah, so obviously when I'm not with Marcos, I'm trying to like, you know, play a little bit, compete a little bit. Um, it's just part of it. I think it's, you know, you kind of miss the mental battle of it, of like going on court and, you know, you're feeling tight, you're feeling you know, this and that, and maybe you're not playing that well. When you're removed from it is a lot more entertaining than when you're like doing it every week, you know, <laughs> uh, week in, week out. Obviously, you see you see people just like really fall apart. Um, you know, it's, it's a tough sport that way. But when you're playing like, you know, once every you know, month or six weeks, you're playing an event, you're, you're just like foaming at the mouth uh, to go do it. And so I, I went out and played in one more PTT. They have a lot of them here in Newport Beach, like basically once a month or almost like twice a month. They have it here in Newport Beach and 45 minutes away. It's an easy thing, you know, you drive, play, come back home. So I just played another one, I think it was three, two or three weeks ago. Um, and kind of, that's probably my, my easiest one. Like I played some really good ball, like didn't really have like a set, I think harder than 6-4, didn't lose a set. It was like a really weird, solid, solid tournament. I think I beat a guy who was like 900 in the world. And in the finals, I beat a guy um, who, who's been actually playing some, some good ball and taking some names out. So um so yeah trying to i want to i want to again go go play a future or something it's been hard for me to get into a future because the qualities are smaller I, you know obviously traveling far away and not knowing if you're going to get in is tough um but i, I want to go just kind of get a point or two because you know when i'm with marcos i can can sign in um i don't know alternates and stuff and on on site if you have a point um but in, in terms of like you know personally i do want to like try to try to like climb up the ranking. I just get one point, but like really, um, I, I don't think I have that many, you know, I don't have that many more years left of like playing really at a high level, probably hopefully in the next five years, I can play some really, really good tennis. Um, and, and so if I could, if I could get back to like, a, I think, a, I, th I think personally, like I, I always, when I, when I was playing, I sort of like was a bit soft about, challengers like i was a really good future player i was winning 80 percent of my matches almost in futures um but when i i played the few challengers that i played back in the day the draws was a little smaller so you only got in like at like the 300s so it was hard to get in and every time i got in one i was just like i'm playing a challenger and i got kind of tight about it and you know nowadays i'm just kind of like could i just go play to, at that level uh again and and just not be soft about it, you know, just kind of like, you know, embrace it that, you know, the level is a little bit higher, but like take my time and, and, and figure it out. And that kind of all goes back to like, can I mentally embrace that part? I think, I think, I think in terms of talent level, I can, I can stay with most players at that level. I, I wouldn't have an issue, but um, mentally you have to be on it. And I think after you know many years of being around this, being around Marcus, being around Naomi and seeing the higher, le higher level and how, you know, even at that level, everyone's kind of, you know, mentally, you know, struggling a little bit. You can catch guys in bad days and stuff like that. So I'm like, I I'd like to challenge myself into getting into that position, putting myself in that position again. I'm not too worried necessarily about a final ranking, but I'm worried about, you know, pushing myself to a, to a place where, um, maybe I, I, I didn't fully commit to like before. So that's kind of where I'm at. It's like, it's been this weird sort of comeback this year. I started playing just a couple of events for, for fun. And then I realized, Oh, I'm playing this, this well, I'm playing this more calmly. I'm playing this, this, you know, even if you're just playing a, a PTT event, you never want to lose. And you know, I, was, I felt mentally a lot, a lot stronger. And, and that made, everything's so much, so much simpler, right? Like win or lose doesn't matter in, in that way. It's more like, 
um, can you like allow yourself to like let go and play? And, and, and that's been the, kind of the fun part this year, obviously winning a lot, it helps you with the mentality, but um, in general, that's kind of where I'm at and hopefully I can, can start making a few runs. Yeah, I mean, like, I think it's also partly you've matured, obviously, because this was a few years yeah. ago, like we had a pandemic, you built like a YouTube channel, big congrats on 100k subs, you know, and, and you're doing well with my tennis HQ. Do you think that takes a little bit of pressure away from it? So like you have the maturity and now you have less pressure so you can just go and enjoy instead of like being okay, shit, I have to eat hot dogs for the rest of the month because I have no yeah. money, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a part of it. Like I think my tennis HQ, if I was just kind of coaching um, here and just doing what I was doing for, for a long time. Um, I, I don't know if I would make that, that transition because, you know, you obviously, as you get older, you also like, you're living a little diff different lifestyle, like, you know, have a dog, you have like more expenses, you know, you're not living a, a struggling athlete life anymore. That's, that's, that's at least like what I'm, where I'm at. I'm not, you know, balling out, but I'm, I'm like in a fine place when I'm coaching with tennis HQ with everything. Um, and so I think the idea um, of playing, yes, it's it's part of we, we have this this thing with tennis HQ. I think a lot of people would want to see what happens if I were to play um, because I'm still playing some some good tennis, and, and that takes a little bit of the pressure. It adds a little pressure in terms of like you know I, I what Felix is doing with Tennis Brothers. I think that that's that's definitely pressure. I mean, you're you're putting a result out there for for you know thousands of people to watch. It's it's a difficult thing. You're not just kind of like crawling and hopefully getting a, a an ATP point, but it it I think that mentality or that I think I've had so much experience ever since like COVID because um, I I, I kind of you know wasn't wasn't able to play really past COVID, um, but I've had so much experience around like top athletes and around other stuff. So there's a lot more experience in terms of of that and seeing that and plus like my own you know. Cause you want to figure it out, like how to make this a little bit simpler, a little bit easier for people as well. You know, like in, in my mind, it's like, man, everyone is, everyone that comes to me for lessons, is like, oh, I'm doing this, 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 blah, blah, blah. I'm like, man, you're overthinking this. Holy crap. You're overthinking this. Like, let's, let's pump the brakes down. Let's allow yourself to like, just play tennis. Right. And, and, and that mentality, seeing that those mistakes happening in juniors, pros, you know, 45 year old men, like it's all the same mistake. Um, and eventually you're just like, I can't make that same mistake. I just can't do it. Like you have to not do it. And so like, I've been playing those matches with that sort of like mentality. Like, I've, you know, you almost learn more from seeing the mistakes than anything. So, um, the maturity for me, my, like, I think maturity level was definitely slow. I think a lot of people are, are more mature early on in terms of their, approach with the mental side of tennis and and their you know all in investment into that sport i for me it took a long a longer time but now i think having what I, what we have and and i enjoy the i enjoy that story it's a good story you know like a lot not many people get the chance of doing this and maybe showcasing to to the following that i have so um you know something you know might come out of it so i i i just kind of want to do that and and see where it goes I think also there's a sense of like having no regrets, right? So you have this point, mm -hmm. like, you, you know, your body is not getting younger. You're still fresh. You're still winning matches. You also have like really positive results. You have experience of being top 400. So it's like the longer you wait, the, you know, the less of a chance you have. Like that's for everyone, right? So that's just how, mm -hmm. how time works. So I think it makes a lot of sense. And what you pointed out, which I think is 100% true, I think Felix puts a lot of pressure on himself 
but it's worse for him than it would be for you in this sense because he's not really shown himself of being like already a you know a high ranked player uh, so he's he's really going from scratch he's a very young guy he's going from scratch trying to you know show everyone and he's doing a great job with the editing and and with the stuff but it's it's probably adding a little bit of an extra pressure that you have that mount everest of winning one atp point you're putting it out there oh like God. i need to win one it's, you know it's tough man i i it's funny because i when i was playing i i, I kind of did what he was doing for very for a hot second i wasn't doing youtube i was doing it on instagram and i would just do this like one minute like little like recap videos and stuff like that and like trying to get content and and why not? And that was sort of like towards the end of, not the end of my, my career, but like kind of like there in the middle. And, and and I realized that I was just like, almost like too worried about it. Like, did I get the content? Did I, did I did this? Did I did that? And, and I was like doing like, well, I was like in the 400s and, and, and I was like, I can't think about this at the, at that moment. I couldn't really think, think about this, you know, like it wasn't something that um i could do um you know, nowadays i think I, I i would be able to handle it a little bit better but yeah man it's it's pressure i mean just getting that one atp point or if i'm gonna go play and it's, it's a different story you know playing here versus going and actually traveling to you know tunisia and having to play and you know you're spending a good amount of money to get there and it's a different story so um there is there is a lot of you know self-inflicted pressure that you can that you can add um but again, it goes back to hopefully trying to mentally rise above it. And I think that's something that I've, I've spoken to, to Felix, you know, because it's, I know how tough this is. I mean, obviously the YouTube is probably allowing him to, to, to financially continue to, to pursue it because it's a difficult thing to do. So um, it has its pros and cons, um, but definitely like, um, you know, you have to be like really mentally on it to, to even have a shot at, at, at again, not being top 100, but like being, you know, accomplishing the, the small goals that you got. So it's, it's tough. Do you think also because you're older than Felix, for example, that you'd handle any kind of trolls better? I don't know how he's dealing with trolls. I mean, he's supposed to come <laughs> on here as well, uh, as well. And he gets a lot of love, but obviously there's guys who's going to sit there and be nasty because you know how it is. But, um, but I think like the way when I talked to you the first time, it's like you, you have a pretty level-headed you know, good attitude around like you dealing with YouTube, working, being a tennis player, being a tennis coach and all that stuff, right? It's, yeah, it's definitely a tricky thing. I mean, I, we get a lot of, you know, some, it, it happens even on my lessons, you know, I think for 98% of the comments are always going to be positive. And then you read the one that is like, just like annoying and you, that's the one that sticks with you and, and you shouldn't. And, and it's just kind of part of it. I think Felix, you know, as far as I, I talk to him, he says like, doesn't really try to read too many of the comments and just kind of does his work. And I was like that because he, he is actually like a really passionate kid. And I think he takes it more to heart than, than, than maybe he should, but it's just the nature of his, you know, he's young and he's going to, he's going to figure that out. But yeah. I'm a bit older. So I, I you know, I'm again, the, the, if if I'm doing this and, and I'm playing, I'm, I'm challenging myself to do that and whatever. If I'm going to post, obviously I'm going to share the story, but the the challenge is versus myself, and that's kind of the what I'm going to have to remind myself. It's like it's not I'm not doing this for you know the cloud or my tennis HQ. I do obviously think it's going to be a fun thing. I'm, I'm, I might go a little bit different route in terms because I'm going to maintain an extra instructional content content, but it will be my more like here's what I'm training for this situation. Here's the strategy. Here's how I'm, I'm actually going to sort of like try to open like the, the curtains on that and be like, I'm, I'm going to like here, I'm my forehand is shipped right now. Like how I'm going to figure this out. 
You know what I mean? It's like, so I'm still going to maintain more of like a relatable content set, like instructional content versus maybe what Felix does um, as I grow, go do this. And so, you know, I just want to like kind of share it and share it with people that like, honestly, like I think the experience, like what people don't really get that the experience of playing and the mental challenges, the physical challenges, they're all kind of similar at every level. Like what you, you know, what a four or five feels you know, right about right before playing a tournament, it's kind of the same as we feel as well. It's it's not that much different. Like it, it's it's human nature. So, um, just trying to figure that part out. But yeah, there's a little pressure, there's a little extra pressure or or whatnot. But I think nowadays, like again, like like I said, time time is running out in terms of like really high level tennis. So why not just have a good time? Yeah, of course. And I think that would be great content. Like I. I I discussed it with Nicola from Intuitive Tennis um, the other day where like he said, because he follows some metrics and he says like, okay, coaching on YouTube is so like heavily saturated, right? Like he's also a very good coach, uh, pretty good player as well, right? But, but it's like now people are so into watching kind of match play. Oh, it's similar to what, mm -hmm. I mean, Winston does that like with his more challenges, but the bigger stakes is obviously if you're playing pro level and you can show match play from your matches like i think even mm -hmm. when people want to play my senior you know itf play they want to see that like because they want to have the matches like that's what they want to see like the coaching stuff is important but it needs to be so good or so from a different point of view now that you don't like bang the same door as everyone has done before kind of it, 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 it really is i i often like on like i'm just on the couch and i'm thinking about that i'm just like i'm like how you sustain this? Like he, obviously, Nicola has been doing for like a long time. There's the guys, you know, the the British guys from Top Tennis Training has been doing Ian, and they've been doing it for a long time. At some point, you just kind of run out of like coaching. You know what I mean? Like this is kind of what it is. And, and so, like I, I, I've been. I think the the matches have gotten me, given me a little more perspective on on here. Here's like something that like has been happening during matches that like I actually think it's going to to relate to people, you know what I mean? Like I recently did a lesson with, with Winston, which is kind of about shot selection, things like that. Um, and, you know, I just did one about like beating a pusher, which was kind of like the guy pusher, you know, pusher more, that's for the algorithm pusher, but like just playing like, you know, someone that like is highly consistent that I just had to like really focus at the end of that, at that tournament. Cause I, he's been beating dudes. Like he beat a guy who's 600 in the world in that tournament. I was like, I have to like play. I have to show up in this one. And I, I came in like actually very prepared and like kind of dismantled him. And, and, and so like, can I, can I show that? I think that's, that's the, that's the thing that I can still do while playing where like, if you just do like how to hit topspin on the forehand stuff like that, I mean, there's a billion ways, there's a billion styles of doing it. Like it's just, and it's also not as, it, it's for me, I'm just not like as like passionate about that thing because I, I just find that like we all kind of figure out how to play a little different. But like, can we, I don't know, can we just like have the discussions of like how you see the core versus I see the core versus how you see the core versus how you see the core is like, it's an interesting, that's kind of that part of the tennis that I find very interesting. So I'm sort of trying to share like my eyes that way, my brain that way. Um, and I'm not saying it's the right way. It's just kind of the way I go by it. So yeah, it's, it, it's a tricky, tricky world because I don't want to reinvent the wheel, right? I don't want to be like, like, here's the, like this revolutionary way of hitting a forehand or a backhand. It's just not really, that's, that's, that's never going to really 
stick, you know, like, what are you going to say to the kneel, like change your forehand, add more spin to it? Like, no, just, just do what you do. You know, I actually was just listening to a podcast with this um, woman from, from Scotland, who's like a, she, she's a world champion thing in triathlon and stuff. And she's like, the, she was like, when it comes to like my training and stuff, I've always been curious on how to, to find like creative ways to train and creative ways to, to, she's like the best, the best performance in, in the world in, in, in their sport that actually they go against maybe what, what is the, like the norm. They, they, they're curious about it. They, they learn how to play the game their own way and a little bit different. I think that that level of curiosity, um, it's what allows them to like maybe do things that like no one has ever done. So I was like, yeah, that that's, that's something that I find to be very, when she was saying that, I was like, yeah, that's kind of like, even myself, that's how I look at tennis. It's like, how can I, with what I got, be unbelievably effective, right? And I think that's what we see the top guys be like, you know, guys that play a bit different, you know, you know, Roger, as much as he was, you know, unbelievably perfect playing, it was a different way of playing tennis. It was, it was aggressive, but he had like slow and fast and coming in and he sort of figured it out way. And, and, and so that, that's a part of tennis that I find it so unique and, and, and entertaining. Yeah, I think the the battleground of tennis, like I mean, the UFC with the net, right? It's like that mm -hmm. that feeling of like, how do you uh, conduct yourself inside the ring or whatever with the arena, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you beat the other guy or the other girl if you're playing WTA or whatever? It's like that's the the key. How do you find that key within yourself or within the match play or the strategy or the tactics? How do you adjust your game? Uh, and then it becomes more about that than like how do I hit with more topspin? Like, hopefully you are able to like adjust, like whether you hit with more topspin or less topspin, or you're slicing every shot or you're doing whatever, but you have to find a way to beat uh, the other player. And, and that's one of the best things about tennis, in my opinion, is like when you have guys with different strokes, like we talked about Tiafo strokes, they're, they're not the prettiest. Like we've, you know, we've seen that. Uh, Daniel strokes, not the prettiest, but so efficient, right? Like they're finding Perfect. a way to work with what they have, right? That's, that's the key. Yeah. They get the ball from point A to point B the way they want, the way they imagine, right? They visualize, like, I got to hit it that way, a certain way, and they just, they just do it. And even if it's a funky way of doing it, they do it. And, and I totally agree. It's like, you know, like in a match, for example, it's like no, uh, noticing when your opponent, it's, you know, like going through like a phase where they can't find the court. You know what I mean? It might not last long, but like in that, in that moment, when you sense that, can you just like, can you actually not get tight about it? And it's like, I'm going to play actually just some safe deep balls and let him implode for a little bit. Right. Like, and, and you, or, or sensing the opposite. It's like, this is a, this dude's about, it's getting hot. I need to do something like a bit different. And so like those like in on the fly, like adjustments, they might not be, like a, an amateur player might n never be able to do it at, a, at the level that maybe I do or a, or a higher level player does, but at least he's going to get it. And that's sort of like what I want to share. It's like, here, here's the complicated part of all this. You know what I mean? Like when we see pro players making bad mistakes or making a bad decision, you're like, why doesn't he just put the ball back? You know, he could, he could make a hundred balls in a row. But that's, that wouldn't take him anywhere because the other dude is just too good and he's going to be putting the ball in places where, so they have to take some, certain calculated risks and stuff like that. So that's kind of like how I want to like share 
tennis in a way, like in, on the channel, then the, as we kind of go forward and go along and maybe I'm playing and stuff like that. Um, because I think that that's something that maybe traditional media hasn't been able to do as well. Um, and, and I think we kind of have that opportunity to do it here. So, you know, it, that's kind of like what I find um, the joy in, in I, I think, now what I do with Tenet HQ. Yeah, and it's a unique way of seeing something we've never been able to see before where someone actually can, you know, share organically, authentically, right? Like it's something, it's not like a, I mean, you can talk about break point, good or bad, but it's it's very manicured, right? So you're not getting, yes. even if you're getting behind the scenes, you're getting manicured behind the scenes, well edited mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, obviously, YouTubers edit their own videos, but still it's raw, right? It's very raw content. So I think that's what people gravitate towards. Like it's raw to the point. It's just no fancy editing techniques or no, no producer no, no like no. someone saying what you know what to say here like or like fabricated like you know it's like oh let's all meet here for lunch and discuss this and it's just like oh okay like we're gonna have the cameras and we're gonna talk about like it this stuff i think that that's a really difficult thing to do and and it's just the nature of like produce show content versus um what we just kind of do on youtube and we're able to have that like free freedom to do it and we can do literally whatever and and some things work some things don't but you yourself with your channel you you probably like want to try something maybe outside of reviewing a racket and that might not do as well like we talked about it but you know you just want to do it you know what i mean like i love like making a vlog here and there but like they don't do as well but i kind of like to do it you know what i mean it's like i'm having i'm doing a vlog now for for the on event and you know i'm looking for music and what's the vibe that i want to do it's a whole different like process right it's not my like lesson structure but it's fun and it and so like it's uh, i'm kind of thankful that we're able to do that stuff because it's my i'm not necessarily the most creative guy and that that's you know with the camera it's the one place that i feel like i'm creative being photography or videography and stuff like that and so you know the worlds kind of collide and you can hopefully come up with something that en engages people well yeah and i think it's like it's you should never only get stuck in one. Like I'm reading this book about from Naval Ravikant, uh, was like a smart, really smart, uh, you know, investor and stuff. And he's talking about like the dangers of getting, even if you're seeing success of just repeating your patterns because they bring you success. Okay. In tennis, maybe that makes sense if you're David Ferrer and we talked about that before, but if we talk about life in general, like in business and things, it's like, if you keep doing the same things because it brings you the same, like decent results, you're never really growing as a person. So you like, you have to take, that's a calculated risk. You're saying, Hey, I'm going to do a vlog. Mm -hmm. I might get half the views. If like, if I do how to beat the four or five, you know, with no mm -hmm. serve, you know, that that's going to get more views, but you have to do it for you. Right. And that's how you yeah. improve. And then maybe the 50th time you do it, it's going to be great. And you're going to reach yeah. a new audience. So you have to take these risks in life. Otherwise, what's the point, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like a tricky thing because I always, uh, you know, I wonder, it's like, oh, what am I going to be posting in like 10 years? And I was like, if I'm going to keep doing this for, for a long time, it's like, I don't even know what I'm going to be posting. But it's just, I think that that stuff, you know, I'm, I'm trying myself to like learn how to just sort of like let the universe take over and let it like whatever in the moment, like what do we have to do? We have to do. I wasn't planning or making any of this content where I'm playing matches and I'm talking about the matches or stuff like that. I wasn't planning. I'm doing really, uh, and the, the, obviously the channel has evolved a lot through the years, but it just kind of happens organically. So I try not to like worry too much about that. Like will I still have any like lessons or will I still be even relevant, you know, in five to 10 years on, because you know, it's just the way it is. Like people, you know, move on to other stuff. Um, I, the only thing I don't want to do is just become like, 
you know, you know, YouTubers in general, they just do more and more. Like I fill the pool with a million pebbles and stuff. It's like stuff like that is just like, I don't want to get to that point, like in tennis, where it's just like, you're just, you're starting to do just like it's stupid stuff, really, just to like get more views. I, I want to, I'd rather have like fewer views, but, you know, get the content that I, I, I guess I, I enjoy doing it. But like what that content is going to be, it's, it, you know, you're just kind of slowly but surely, you know, evolve and figure it out and, and you know, other like different things like pop up in life that, oh, this is going to be good content. This, this could be interesting. You never know. You know what I mean? Like you could be doing more interviews. All of a sudden you're sitting with Feather in an interview and you're just like, oh, how did I even get here? But you got here. And so you just kind of think of it. That's a, I think we have this like kind of, you know, platform to, to do that stuff and, and stay creative. So why not? Yeah, I think the evolution is like, a, it's your personal evolution. Like it's your channel. So you have to mm -hmm. kind of, this is a freedom. It's a pressure as well, but it's a freedom. Like and you, the, the freedom is that you can actually take it places without like someone telling you, hey man, uh, this, the advertisers hate this or we're not going to get like any clicks. So we, we don't going to upload this. Like, so you're actually your own boss. You can make stupid mistakes, but it, it's, it's technically fine. Like, and I yeah. think that's good. I think it's, it's funny you pointed that out. It's something I've been seeing as well. It's like, because I, there's some YouTubers I follow, like I, this Ryan Trahan is really like a good, like really earthy guy, you know, super like, uh, he's a funny guy. He does this penny challenge and whatnot. And Mr. Beast, obviously, but he has to go like, Oh, he's... the penny guy that I survived with the penny that yeah. I never watched his videos, but I, I seen it like that. That's, that sounds crazy, but like, it's, it's a good idea, you know, like, and he's able to like, he makes trade great up. Videos. Is that what he does? Yeah, yeah. No, he crazy. has lots of other videos, but it, it's just his way of uh, narrating his story. And he doesn't do like he, he makes small ideas and he makes them in a small way, I would say. Like the penny thing is a bit crazy, but it's it's not that crazy. And he, he's kind of awkwardly interacting with people and it, it's like just who he is. And it, I think it's great. Mm -hmm. I think he really does a great job. But then you have Mr. Beast on the other end, which which like has to now pump 100 million in production money every year or more just to have these massive things because it's huge stakes, brands, he's the biggest YouTubers and like it just goes crazy. And then you see like the copycats are trying to be like, you know, I try to freeze myself in a tank and I almost die. I mean, like how far, someone's going to take it too far and they're going to die in making a YouTube video. Yeah. Like it's, it's just, you see that gets one stupid, dude you know? that crashes on plane? No, I didn't I, see I, that. I, I, there was a, a YouTuber, I think he, I think he was like a, a pilot, like, just you know small airplane pilot and he, he would do a lot of like like flights and stuff like that like videos and he pretended that his plane was like had an issue like a, a little plane and he like crashed it so he like jumped out of the plane and let the plane crash and then they people kind of figured it out that it was bs and now he's being like prosecuted and I was like, dude, like that, like, what do you think is going to happen? You know what I mean? It's like, that's crazy. You can't just crash a plane into like, the, I think it was in California, actually, the woods here in California somewhere. I was like, man, like, that's nuts, you know? Like, so people do like take it to, to another level. Um, and, uh, you know, that's just not necessarily, I think the route I would ever want to go. Definitely like, try some fun stuff, but, but, you know, still kind of keep it, keep it kind of chill. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they, and they all, people have to follow, like with TikTok and stuff. That like, people have to follow these trends. Like I read about that this, yeah, there was a trend that you cracking an egg on your kid's head, and it's like I, I, I saw one video, I think, and I was like, and someone like kid was really offended like by this, like and yeah. it's not like the mother was laughing, you know? Okay, kept funny one one time, but then it becomes a trend, and doctors had to intervene and say, hey, this is stupid. I'm like, 
nobody should like everybody should understand this yeah. is stupid this is insane behavior right but yeah it's a trend so we let's go it's for it it's, it's tough yeah. yeah it's tough no so uh, we talked before before we uh, jumped on about how youtubers um, hurt tennis there was uh, one guy who had uh, talked about that like do, do you think that's there's a case for that like uh, youtubers in in what term like coaching youtubers or yeah, I think influencers. I think so. Like for people that don't know, like I don't even want to talk about like the guy person's podcast. I don't even know. Like I honestly don't even know the name to be honest. Um, but it was a guy here in actually that I know in LA, and he, he made this like very passionate like twenty minute speech about like how influencers because he kind of coaches a little bit here as well, and and he's like ah like you know people just go on Instagram and they see a trend or see something, and the next day they come and you know, like they, they think that's going to like change their game and, and it's a problem and, and blah, blah, blah. And he sort of like pointed out a few people and then he like sort of like singled me out at some point and talked about like that one backend video that I say, Hey, you have to put a bit more right side on that, that, um, double handed backhand. And, you know, and I get it. It was a controversial kind of video because I didn't fully explain how to do it. And then eventually I did a video that I explained a little bit better. Um, but just sort of singled me out on that. And, and it was kind of like the influencer police. And I was like, you know, I was like, you know, bro, like one, I know you, like, what are you doing? Um, and like, I'm obviously going to hear about it. And two, like, um, I understand the point you're trying to make. Um, but you like, like, I, I agree that there's a lot of stuff out there that I see. I see a lot of stuff. I see, I've seen this one account online nowadays. This is one guy just talking about mental games and how to get in the zone and blah, blah, blah. You see the players, like when they're hitting like this, they're in the zone. And this is, it's like how they achieve this. And I'm like, yeah, like I, I agree with everything you said, but like, I've also seen you hit some balls here and you literally don't know how to play tennis. So it's just kind of like, are, are you just trying to do this to create some clout now? And because you've seen like, oh, there's an avenue here for me to make money, right? And 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 I again, I get it. Like it, it's just kind of part of the sport. But I never really like. I'm not gonna comment on the guy's thing and just like make it like a big deal. It just it is what it is. Like people are gonna consume the content and and there's good stuff and there's bad stuff for sure. Um, I personally believe in that. That sort of like. I, I don't think you need to be like an amazing player, but I think you have to be able to like look if you if you telling me like to do these mental things to play well like i would like for you to have dealt with those things right like you've played matches you've you've, you've done that stuff so it though i don't necessarily agree with the with what he's with what he said but i agree that i actually i think the problem a lot of the problem is not necessarily the influencers but it is how people are consuming that information i i do think nowadays like more amateur players, people that are trying to get better, they take a, they, they're taking like an approach of like, it's almost like they're taking a test to learning tennis. They're, they want to learn, they have all this information. I think Ian Westerman, they actually made a great video about this, but they, they have all this information. The, the information is there. They, they know like nothing that I coach, like is really hasn't been coached. I, I'm not really reinventing anything. And they think if they memorize that information, they will be able to perform. And and that's just so not the, the, the truth. Like your brain doesn't hit the ball, your body hits the ball. I think it, it, sport is a lot more about feeling, about understanding like the, the what the ball is going to do if I do this, if I do that, like, you know, there, there's all sorts of things that is like, 
are you know unconscious you know good tennis you're playing unconscious it's like the the inner game of tennis i have it here with me right like the inner game of tennis like literally the best thing ever literally yeah, the best right. book ever right like and 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 i recently reread it um i had listened to it but i, I reread it someone gave me the hard copy and i was like oh my god like what a like what are we doing? Like, I, I sometimes feel guilty about it. I'm, I'm teaching online and I'm like, am, am I like part of this problem that people are just like, are getting filled with information and then they think because they know the information they're able to perform. It's like, again, like a taking a test, but the reality is just not, not that. So I think that's the tricky part that I don't know how to like navigate, but I know it's, it, it, it is tough. I don't know what we, what do you think about that? I think it's like, I mean, like nowadays in the world, it's like there's so much information everywhere, right? Like I'm, I'm reading lots of books, you know, at the moment, I always try to improve something in my life, right? Like improve my diet, try to improve my sleeping habits, whatever, just to feel better and, and be a better human. Mm -hmm. That's generally the, the purpose. And also business stuff, like how to, you know, run a business better. And the information, you have to always find a way to absorb the information because like you can see someone can tell me like, oh, you, you should hit your forehand more like this and you will have more oomph on it. I cannot learn it myself. Like I cannot go and just do it, you know, obviously. So I need to absorb them. I they're same with, with life lesson. If I read a, a really good quote and I'm like, oh yeah, this, I should unclutter my mind and be more present in the moment. That does not work unless you practice it, right? And un mm -hmm. unless you actually have a way to absorb the information, it's just information. It's just there on the screen. Like if you're not really actually, actually doing something with it, it's not going to do anything, right? So uh, I think it, it's, it's also a little bit of a less is more. So I, I think like I talked about someone uh, talked to someone about this is like maybe you you pick one or two or three whatever coaches online coaches physical coach if you have one and you listen to to those guys or girls you know you you, you don't need like 65 different sources of information right so uh, if if you believe like okay Karu he seems to know what he's doing he's a high level player uh, he has a great way of, of of teaching you listen to you you, you look at what you are saying. Maybe you like Nicola, you look at there, maybe you like Mike Babel, you, you look at that. So you have a little bit of like, you get a bit of a rounded way of, of doing the information. But I think a lot of people just go and they go on like YouTube overload and go like, watch 400 videos and, and they, one information is here and one information is there. And if you would maybe look at their technique, it would be more of a fundamental flow. Like, but you're not moving your feet, so you can never hit a backhand the way Karu says, because if you're not positioned properly, mm -hmm. it's never going to be there. You have to first understand that. Otherwise, there's no way of integrating this this information, you know. Uh, so I think, and also a lot of people are, are self del like deluding themselves a bit. Like they think they're better than they are, or they think they have maybe more what it takes than than you know they actually have. So I think that self introspection at first is good, but then also then not overload yourself with information because it's it's too much, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think like a part of it too is like sort of like trying to find the the information that maybe like overlaps across the people, right? Like maybe I'm t telling here's something about this. I'm telling something about this. And for example, I've been listening to, I actually like enjoy listening to like, you know, extreme athletes, like how they manage stuff. I, I just listened to this uh, rich role podcast with uh, Kai Lenny, um, who was just like, I mean, he's the best wave surfer. He's doing big wave surfer. He's doing crazy stuff in big waves. Like he's not just riding them. He's like almost like riding it like it's snowboard, you know, like trying to like do tricks and stuff. And this, you know, he's putting it all on the line. Like if he makes a mistake, 
he's putting all the line, but he, he's talking about his process and, and his training. And when he's in that wave, I was able to just like visualize his line and, and let it go basically of those fears because he trusts his, his process. And you see, I, I hear that from him, but you hear that from another book and you hear that from, you know, the inner game of tennis, you, you, you get something like that and you, you get something from a different athlete, you know, different, different podcast. And I'm like, Oh, like all that information boils down to basically this, right? Like that, 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 you know, like sort of let go, allow yourself to, you know, I just did, I, I saw this clip of this golfer yesterday, I think. And she says, the hardest part that I haven't figured out about golfing, and I think this is for any sport, is I need to care a lot about golf to be able to train every day and put in the work and, and you know, just even when I don't want it to, I need to care a lot. But then the moment to Thursday comes in, I need to stop caring. And I, when I tee off, I need to stop carrying and just play. And I'm just like, yes, that that's it. Like, we don't, like, no one really knows how to do that all the time. But that's kind of how we, we need to get there. So, like, when I'm taking that information in, um, it's always about, like, oh, here, this this over this information is kind of overlapping here, especially with mental stuff and, and, and all that. Um, so how can I actually then implement that to my own game? Like, for example, like, well, I've been doing something very, very interesting recently, which is, you know, obviously I made a few modifications on technique on my forehand, but it, it's gotten so natural and, and, and that I'm not really thinking about it anymore. But what I've always had on my back inside was visualization. Like someone hit to my back and, and there wasn't any thought of technique. There was just like, you quickly, like almost like flash what do you need to do with the ball? And you just do it, right? And the body just does it. It's like, again, the inner game of tennis kind of. You just see it and you do it and I'm not thinking about it. It's just the outcome is going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, I'll figure it out on the next shot. But on my forehand side, it never was that. It was always like, ah, I got to do this, got to do that. Gotta, you know, just think about all this stuff. And then recently, right before that tournament, I was training. I was like, I'm going to try this because I, I, I want to find these ways of getting to flow state, of just playing tennis freely, right? And I was going to call literally call it out loud like i'm gonna say it like what shot i'm hitting i'm hitting a cross court with high spin like through the court down the line taking it early through like backing up and playing middle like i was just calling it and calling it and calling and at first it's kind of tough but then i found myself just like literally couldn't miss i was like holy crap like there here it is how i'm getting that ball there doesn't matter i'm just getting it because i'm seeing and i'm and i'm just doing it and i was like oh there it is there's something that like really has made obviously i'm at a higher level so i don't have to really think about technique that much but it really freed me to play at an even higher level right and i was doing during the tournament and then it came to tournament i was like can i do this when i'm feeling it you know i'm feeling pressure whatever and i started doing it and it worked i wasn't calling it out loud i was calling kind of in my head i was just like i literally just say like chill chill like there's nothing to do with this ball just chill chill cross chill cross and then like just kind of worked out um, and eliminated a lot of like my typical mistakes, the ones that I tried to take early and I hit into the net, eliminated a lot of that. And so, again, going back to sort of the original question, it's like, it's a difficult thing to find. Maybe I, I never know what's right, what's wrong. I don't know if I'm saying it's right or wrong, but what's going to be right for the person. And I think people just, again, like you said, like they're a bit too hopeful with like finding that one source of information that it's like, this is it. This is how I'm going to play better tennis. Like I'm going to skip all the, the work and with that information, I'm going to play well. And that's just not the reality of it. So that's the tricky part. 
but I don't agree that we were like making up, you know, like what the guy said, like that we're fucking up the sport. Like, I think that's, that's an idiotic thing. If anything, we're creating more popularity in the sport. So. Yeah. And it's also a great resource. Like are you giving out content for free? Like it's, it's, there's helpful stuff. I think it's more on the user end, right? Like you can't expect mm -hmm. to passively watch stuff and just be better. Right, like you need to actively do every anything you do in life. You need to actively go through some pain of some kind, whether it's boredom, hard work, to get anything. Right, like just improving in tennis, it's one of the toughest sports. I mean, that's why we're seeing this pickleball increase because mm -hmm. the improvement ladder is so easy to walk up. Right, like you from level one to level ten, it's it's much easier than you might have level twenty, thirty gets harder. But in tennis. That ladder is so much longer. It's it's more steep. It, it's a much tougher sport. So I think people partly have to give themselves a little bit of more, you know, time. But they also need to give themselves a slap on the ass and say, "Hey, I actually need to work." You know, I can't just yeah. watch Karu for videos and and do it. You have to take one shot at a time. I have to improve my serve because that's breaking down when I play my club matches, and it's becoming a you know a head trauma for me to have to go home and be like, "Why did I do ten double faults in in a doubles match?" Right. So. That's where you have to, okay, okay, I have to go out with a bucket of balls twice a week now for uh, two months, and we'll see what happens, yeah. right? That's it. Exactly. You know, it's exactly. And then you, you like, you know, kind of like what the inner game of tennis says, like you go out and you just like try to figure it out, basically. You let the body, is like, here, I'm giving you this task. How do you do? I'm going to focus on just my toss. I'm going to focus on my rhythm. I'm going to focus on, you know, how, you know, the, the sound of the ball, whatever it is, allow yourself to experiment without judgment. Right. And that's the trickiest part in, in sports. Like I, I, again, I, I've said it before, but like, I, I get it because I do that in golf. I, I, I spent, I'd say like a year, like really filming my stroke, my swing and like trying to find this, this, this tips and tricks and blah, blah, blah. And, and I was playing still decent golf, but recently I've been a lot better, like a lot, lot better in golf, basically because I stopped really like looking at my swing and I just been focusing on the feel, like feels, finding the right feels, finding the right motion, finding the right tempo, things like that. And just good visualization. Like every time I'm step on top of the ball, I'm not like, I'm, I'm maybe I'm like, oh, there's water on the right. Like, don't hit right, don't hit right. And then I'm just like, nope, like, just like, just do your swing, your tempo and whatever happens, happens. But if you do it well, like, you know, it's going to go straight and it's been going straighter. <laughs> so it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing that way that we're like, with the overload of information, I found some great stuff for my golf online, like great, like chipping, chipping th stuff, putting stuff, like managing the course stuff, like really, really good stuff. Um, but I try not to like over consume it because then I'm, then I'm not figuring out myself how to play that game. Right. And I think that's something that I think amateurs need to do a little bit more, like consume the content, but like then take that message take that message in and then like really like figure out how can you add it to your game, right? Like if, if you're maybe I'm not very risk adverse, like I, like I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't like attacking and missing a lot and that doesn't do it for me. I'm, I'm more conservative in my life in general with my investments, with like anything. Um, some people are gamblers. They like to just, you know, high risk, high reward. So like, how can you actually take some of the information that you get and, and utilize that to maybe your, person personality traits your physical attributes all those things like playing tennis i think a lot of people the way they play tennis is is 
like your mental part of it? Like, are you conservative? Are you high risk? Like in general, how you are in your life and your physical attributes, right? Like, are you a fast twitch person? Are you a, you know, tall, lanky person with like a lot of leverage? Um, are you just like slow and fat, like a short and maybe fast around the court? And that's how, why you, you became more of a grinder. Those are all things that like, actually it's, it's not really a choice. You just kind of play with, with, because of what you have like that way. Um, you know, I don't play with a lot of spin because I don't really have fast twitch. Like it's not that, like for me, it's tempo and, 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 and rhythm and stuff like that. That's what I understand. That's my brain gets my golf too. Like same thing, like my swing, I hit the ball very long, but it's like not very fast swing. It's like a nice smooth motion. It's just the way I, I play. So like, you got to find that and you got to utilize the resource that we provide to find that for yourself. Yeah, I think that's uh, great words. Amen to that. Like, and I think it's, it's yeah. so much feel based. Like if you're, you need to feel like the way you hit the ball, that it's like, you have an idea in the head how it's going to end up. You know, I think that's like what you put there is, is very smart in a way because sport in general, like if you're playing with a ball, like you golf, tennis, whatever, it's, it's field based. Like I play guitar, like for me, I played guitar for many years, but when I'm trying to learn new things, you know, it's about feeling it and hearing it and mm -hmm. like understanding it. That's the way you absorb it. Like into the body more, you can't really go and just read it or, or do it like very, you know, we're very more kind of mathematical way. You have to just go and like, try to be with that learning that you're trying to do and then give it time, you know, and then hopefully, yeah. Unless um, you have that mathematical brain. I think some people have that really like mathematical, like kind of style of brain and, and, and that's okay. Like, you know, like in learning like an instrument, like for me, guitar was always like, you know, I always wanted to play the guitar. I was found that the, everything was just kind of so like the process to not be like as enjoyable. So like, I couldn't really do it, you know, and I, I'm, I'm not feeling it. I'm thinking too much about where my fingers are and all that stuff. But I think it, uh, I've been telling my, my, my girlfriend, I, I want to get like a set of like el electric drums and learn how to drum because I think I'll be able, I can feel beat met better. Like I can feel a beat and I think I'd be able to actually like execute that a little bit better because I can feel it better. But again, it's, some people are more mathematical, more theoretical that way. And that's fine. But then, then again, utilize that information and in, in absorb that to how your brain works that way and your, how your body functions as well. Yeah, it boils down kind of to, um, to self understanding yourself, like understanding how you learn things and have a long look at yourself and seeing what do I need to improve most, maybe priority one, priority two, and also always having fun. Like I think like we said that as well, like it's so important to have fun. Like if, if you're playing guitar and it's, it feels like a grind, I mean, you're not a professional guitar player, so why should it feel like a grind? The same for, mm -hmm. for me, tennis, I'm not a professional tennis player. so. I really have fun when I'm learning tennis, but for some players, yeah. you might feel like, oh, you know, I just want to play points, you know, okay. You know, that that's, we're all different. Right. But it's, it's a way how you, how you attack certain things. Right. And I wanted to get to that. Like you have a um, collaboration with your buddy, Clay uh, Thompson, also a very good player, um, called improve. Like it's, a, it's actually mm -hmm. like a, a training app, if I understand it correctly, where you, where you pick out the best content in tennis there's also chess i saw which makes me happy because mm -hmm. i'm a you know former chess player it's great you have chess on the platform i know he's a very good youtuber and uh and you have tennis and i guess you will bring more stuff so that's a one way of integrating learning content there right and i'll put yeah, a link so in the description for everyone awesome yeah improve basically it started as you know clay has been working on this for for a long time as a former teammate of mine at ucla um, also like I think 400 in the world at some point. And, and the platform is, is basically 
it's a self-improvement platform. So as, as this, as this started, we only have the My Tennis HQ tennis school, chess school, and I think there's a pickleball school now. Uh, but the idea is for the app to, um, have anything. Like if you want to learn about archery, there's going to be a school there. Or if you want to learn about dating, there's going to be a school there, whatever it is going to be. Uh, we are sort of like the first, um, first couple of schools in there. Um, and basically how the app works is, um, you, you sign up for, for the school that you want. So like my tennis school school is there and you're going to have like a self-assessment sort of process in the beginning forehand back. It's all the categories of the self-assessment I picked. So it's forehand back and, you know, ground stroke consistency, like all this stuff, mental side of the game, blah, blah. And you're going to give yourself the rating one to a hundred. Um, and then you're going to have this little avatar, uh, that basically the algorithm is going to, based on your, on your ratings, give you, um, like four priorities. So let's say like, you know, it's surf plus one, it's uh, ground strokes, it's mental and it's consistency, right? Like those are the four priorities that you have. And when you click on those priorities, um, you're going to have curated content um, to help with that. So all the content in the school is handpicked by me, like me, Clay, together we have, we picked, uh, it's content from me, but it's content from a ton of creators. Like, uh, you know, there's, it's not just video, but there's articles, there's podcasts that we enjoy. There's like all sorts of stuff that we believe um, is important. Like there's a lot of footwork stuff in there because I think that's a, that's a really important part for tennis players. Like a few, you know, smaller creators that I, I kind of find like um, that they're doing good, good, uh, good job with that exercises, things like that. So it's all curated stuff um, for your, you know, your own personal needs at the moment. And as you kind of, and when you, and the, the idea is to gamify it a little bit. So it's a, um, every time you do um, an action item, they're called action items. So it's watching a video or reading an article or whatever it is, you get points and there's a leaderboard. It's kind of like a really fun thing. And, and we're trying to do like giveaways or shout outs or things like that for the people who are in the top of the leaderboard. Uh, recently we, um, I gave like a, a, a uh, a return course for that I had already done. Um, I gave it to the top 10 players that, that, that of that month. Um, so they received like a personal thing. Cause I can give them action items myself. I'm, I'm pretty engaged in it. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at what people are doing. I'm myself, like I'm, cause I see some stuff that sometimes was maybe clay that picked and I'm like, Oh, that was a really great, great article or really great read. So it's a fun way to basically like, hopefully remove the junk because it kind of goes to what we were saying. Like, are we doing a, you know, are we doing a disservice to players or not? But I think if you trust my eyes, if you, if you like what I say on the channel, if you, if you believe, um, you know, what I, what I'm telling you and when I'm, when I'm coaching you, um, this kind of removes a little bit of that doubt of, I just watched something and it looked like it was good, but was it good? You know what I mean? And so in the, in the, on improve, you're going to be able to like sort of feel safe that at least where you're watching was vetted by me and, and it's content that I believe now, is it right or wrong? I can't, I can't really tell you, but, um, there's like three or 4,000 action items already. So there's stuff like you can consume a lot. And, and, and again, there's some older stuff, like some great, like articles that maybe we miss nowadays in the, the video content, but some great, great articles down there and, and things like that. So that's what we're doing with improve. It's, it's a really 
you know, cheap like subscription, I think four ninety nine or three ninety nine, something like that, to, to be able to fully utilize the entire um, platform and getting your action items and, and all that. And I think part of it too, as it is kind of small right now, like we're taking a lot of um, input from users and, and trying to, to improve that the platform as we go as well. So it's kind of like a, a joint, um, I think a, a joint like venture really like trying to, to, to get it better. So, you know, everyone that signs up really like, um, you know, all the feedback is important to us and we're making the adjust the necessary adjustments as we go. And, and yeah, it's been a, kind of like a fun thing and we just, we just started and, and we hope to, to get more people there in the school. Great. No, I tried it. It's very cool. And I think it's good that you um, curate like, and you bring in older stuff because I think the internet now, I read some studies about that. Like everybody has this extreme recency bias where you, you, you just watch, I think maybe younger generations tougher, maybe because mm -hmm. you're used to this like new content all the time. So, you only watch like recent stuff. You don't go back like because uh, things are moving so fast. There's so many hours and minutes of new content every day, right? So, uh, and if you follow like 15 creators or 40 creators or whatever, you're going to have content keep coming, right? But you don't go back maybe and look at stuff you really need or read all the books and stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's so much classic information out there about tennis, about life, about everything, right? So I think that's great that you yeah. have a resource that's kind of more a bit tailored towards the user uh, so they don't have yeah. to go and search for everything, right? Yeah, we have like, I remember having like some articles. I mean, because back in the day, like that's what people would do. Like there's like some interviews with, with Pete Sampras or with Pam Shriver talking about like how to hit a Martina Navratilova, how to hit a volley, stuff like that. That used to be just in blogs, right? Like you just go into blogs and you have like the little, like, like a picture and then another picture and another picture, right? Like it's kind of the old school way of doing it. but but there's it there is actually a good amount of stuff out there um you know from back in the day that like is definitely getting lost so um we've been able to like curate that as well and throw it in there sometimes you know you're sitting in a the idea is for you to be able to you know improve anywhere you are right you're sitting in your subway going to work and you you get a couple action items that you can read an article you can watch a video real quickly and and sort of take that information in and maybe like it, it sits with you during that day. It's like, oh, that was an interesting thing. And even during work and you're able to process that a little bit better instead of just like content, content, content. Um, so that's kind of the idea. And it's, it's been, you know, it's been a, a nice successful launch. Launch We have like a good amount of people in there already. And I'm just trying to get more and more of you to, to, to we got some tennis nerd content in there for sure. And, and there's, there's a lot of stuff. We've gotten like a lot of, uh, um, you know, the new creators, but the older creators there as well, like stuff that has been out there for 10, 12 years on YouTube and, and that still holds true. So um, there's some good stuff and it eliminates a little bit your your need um, to to search for so much. Um, we, we, we do that for you. That's great. No, I wish you all the best and I'll, I'll uh, definitely keep doing my, my action points already started. No, and I think it's uh, it's important to, uh, to have like also maybe a source that's not feeling like an endless scroll you know with like you have the instagram people are doom scrolling or whatever they, it's called you know when you're you just you can i can do it sometimes and i really hate myself when i do it and i'm like i'm working on something maybe a video is being exported in final cut and then i'm like all right instead of doing something productive i'm like okay I'll let me scroll instagram it's just what, what what am i doing like what is what is this yeah. i could be going up stretching or doing something else you know or just preparing a thumbnail or you know but you take that mental break and then you lose part of your 
I mean, like, like part of your like efficiency and process, but also like you, it's kind of you feel like you get lost in this uh, this weird world. Like I don't do it for maybe one hour, you know, at like five ten minutes, but still it's a lost lost time. It's, uh, yeah, it is. I I try to give myself like a late Sunday afternoon to to you know go on reels and and just scroll and see what's up and. But like trying during the week, I mean, it's tough. We all, you know, kind of grew up on this. It's kind of an addiction, anyways. And I try not to have like the app on my phone and all the time, especially between. I, I, I'm I'm more on Twitter than I'm on Instagram because Instagram can really hook me, and Twitter at least I can get like you know I get the latest highlights. I get if you can curate Twitter to to what you really want to see, I think it's a good thing because it, then it's like the, the, the quickest to see a highlight or the quickest to see a result or something like that, um, even in other sports. But in general, it's so easy to get lost in there. So, you know, if you're utilizing this new way of learning um, to actually learn, um, I think like with Improve, we can we can make that a little bit less like, again, doom, doom scrolling and a ton of information coming, blasting you in the face and you just don't know exactly what um, it really helps and what it's just content. Because again, like we said before, I think there's a lot of people who who are just basically like regurgitating things that coaches have said for many years and they're new into the space and they don't really like play 10. I mean, I've seen a couple of people like doing coaching that I was like, whoa, like that's crazy. Like I, I, I don't think you're a, you know, a 4.0 level and, 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 or 3.5 level and you're out here like telling people what to do. And I just find that to be a little bit crazy. So again, I can't, I can't be the police on that, but I can at least improve. I can, I can cut that away and you're not going to get that content. No, I think it's it's tricky because I mean misinformation is everywhere. So you have to be a bit of a savvy to actually understand and be a bit you know question things a bit and see okay is this actually a trusted source whether it's medical information or or tennis mm -hmm. information or learning how to uh, to chip in a bunker you know stuff like mm -hmm. that. So you have to kind of like be smart enough to filter it out and that puts extra challenges on people today than it was maybe before where you didn't have that like overload of information you just you know you had the tv okay you got one one source of information but it's, it's, it's exactly. different it, it's tough i mean like, we're doing tennis it's not that like crazy right but if someone is you know pushing a diet and someone's pushing something that can really affect people's health and and they have no idea what they're doing it can be it can be a dangerous thing so you know, that's why I avoid talking about fitness and, and dieting and things like that, because I'm not a specialist in that. I know what works for me um, in, in in terms of those things, what to eat and what to maybe like do fitness. And, and I see stuff online that I'm like, this is really good, like footwork stuff and stuff like that. But in general, I'm not going to, you know, talk about lifting weights and things like that, because just that's just not like my specialty. I'm the one people getting hurt, you know, so. Um, it's a tricky thing, but again, if you stay in your lane that way and, 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 and you know what you're an expert on, and you, an expert on whatever that means, but uh, you try to, you know, that's what we're trying to do with Improve, just kind of keep it, you know, keep everything a little bit more things that I believe, things that I, Clay, Clay and I believe, basically, we're, we're both players that have gone through basically all the levels and, and have to figure that out. So um, some good stuff in there. Cool, man. Best of luck. So, uh, last question here, but how what how do you divide all this stuff up? Like, so you YouTube, you're playing uh, semi competitively <laughs> at the moment, probably increasing that. You know, your my tennis HQ website as well. You have improved now. Uh, you have a dog and your girlfriend, and how and you know you need to keep fit and you need to eat right. So, how do you manage? How how is your like day and weeks look like? Um. 
a lot of the eating health uh, healthy is uh, I can attribute it to my my girlfriend. She's a great cook, um, so she, she's been doing a great job with that. Um, obviously, helping with the dogs. We have two dogs. Um, that part has been, you know, she's, she's been doing a tremendous job. Um, and you know, I, obviously, I help as much as I can to exercise them. But in general, my life, um, yeah, it's a bit busy. But in in, in a way, like I, I like that. I I like staying busy a week nowadays. I'm trying to train a little bit more. Um, fitness wise, like um, you know, wake. I actually just before this, I was doing like an incline walk on the the peloton for like you know 45 minutes. I try to. I don't like running. I, I don't, I never liked running for no reason, like for just for running. I, I can do it. Like I love playing sports. I love doing that stuff. The fitness side of, of tennis was always my, my Achilles heel, not because I wasn't fit, but because I, 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 I think I'm genetically kind of gifted that way that I'm fit. I'm not very like hurt. Um, but obviously when you're a pro pro athlete, you have to be like on a different level. So that part is something that I'm going back to gym, you know, recovery, like all that stuff trying to hit like actually hit like three to four times a week nowadays and 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 then do some coaching as well on the side so uh the weeks are, are busy i have a few lessons later later today had some lessons yesterday have some lessons tomorrow um you know editing vlogs it's just time management man like i finish here you know i'll probably you know take a take a little break and start like editing you know a video and later in the day have uh uh you know my my lessons but I also just give myself sort of like a hard, like a hard stop every kind of night, like six thirty, seven. Like I'm, I'm not a night guy. Like I don't, I don't work well at night. I don't edit at night. I don't do anything like that at night. I'm, I'm really like fried by, 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 by the night. Even when I was in school, I wasn't like the all nighter guy. Like I wake up early to study, but I won't like, you know, go to bed at four in the morning. So uh, it's just, I think that allows me to like stay fresh, like give that hard hard like sort of like six thirty seven o'clock like not looking at emails or doing anything else reset next day go back at it so you know i like i like i i enjoy myself i enjoy routines when i'm not in la like that's something that i struggle with when i'm traveling with marcos and stuff the routine gets a little like messed up you're not in your own time um so like when i'm here I'm, i try to make it it's my own time i can work the way i want to work and and I'm, I'm fortunate that i'm not really you know a nine to five guy so i can i can do you know whatever if i want to do seven to two or or later doesn't matter i can do whatever so um it's been good it's busy but it's good and hopefully it stays busy i like busy <laughs> that's good and now you have to learn the the virtual drums as well I know. I mean, I have to figure that out. I need to find a way that, that you know, it's not going to be very loud, you know, <laughs> that's the problem. So just finding that. But I think that that's the reason I kind of want to do it is more because I know I'm going to suck at it, you know, and, and, and I'm typically I, I, I pick up things quickly, especially if it's sports. But outside of that, I, I, I don't really. So like it's something that it would be like, oh, I'm going to be shit at this for a while. And let's see if I can just kind of stick stick with it. So. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I think it's always good to challenge yourself. Like, go out of the comfort yeah. zone. Like, that's that's really important in life. So, I think uh, I think that's the way to do it. Your girlfriend might uh, think it's not the best oh, idea yeah. ever, but we'll see. You have to be in the garage and corner somewhere, but it'll be, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. Yeah, of course, man. Well, nice talking to you as always, and we'll keep in touch. Really enjoyed the podcast, and uh, whenever you want to come on uh, to shoot the shit, you know I'm here. So uh, it's always fun to talking. I love it. Great, great talking, man. It's always, it's always good to see you. Good to, good to have this chat, and hopefully everyone enjoys this conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they will. They, they love Karu. I know that. I know that. <laughs> Muito obrigado, everyone.
All right. Cheers, everyone.